You're here to listen, and I'm here to talk. This is Spirit Signal with Justin Gleason. It's SSWJG. We're back. I want to tell all you single guys, it's Valentine's week. It's time to tell that special girl how you really feel. Forget about bad Valentine's days in the past. Forget about the grade school days when you had to make those stupid Valentine's days boxes. And your mom made you write out letters to all the girls in the class. Yes, even those girls that were mean to you. Hi, this is Justin Gleason. Welcome back to Spirit Signal. You know, Valentine's Days is one of those things, either you love it or you hate it. But I tell you what, nobody hates Valentine's Day if they got a date. It's hard to hate when you got a date. I think we need to get back to dating. Do you know how many people don't know what dating is, especially in this generation? I don't understand that. To me, if you're interested in a girl, you need to get a date. It's just as simple as that. Can I tell you guys something? A girl likes to be dated. Oh yeah, you don't believe me? I tell you what, any girl, if she is really honest, she likes to get all dolled up, dressed nice, and be taken out and to be seen. That makes a girl feel special. You want my advice, guys? Take a girl out on a date this Valentine's Day and make her feel special. But on to the more spiritual side of things. I get this question a lot by people that are dating. Do you really think I'm doing the right thing? Do you really believe that what I'm doing here, this relationship, is really in the will of God? It's like the big thing now, a healthy relationship. I'm looking for a healthy relationship. I'm now in a very healthy relationship. Meaning for whatever reason, bad relationships didn't go good, but now for whatever reason, it's healthy. Well, around here, we like spiritual relationships. We like biblical relationships. We like will of God relationships. I heard when I was a young man that if you marry in the will of God, you marry the right girl, there's nothing like it. You marry the wrong girl, there's nothing like that either. So hopefully today we can give you some tips and some insights into finding that one a special person to get married and to spend the rest of your life with. We've been uh, talking about biblical signs, biblical signals. You know, how do the Lord directs our lives and our paths by giving us little signs and signals. Does God give signs and signals to who you're going to marry? I think he does. He has, certainly for me. And I believe the Word of God shows us that. But uh, can I offer a disclaimer here that no sign will be given to a dating couple unless your relationship lines up with the Word of God. Let me explain that. The Bible says in uh, Genesis, and actually Jesus quotes it too in the book of Mark chapter 10, that a man should leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife and they shall be one flesh. And I think a good question is for all guys and for the girls with the guy that they're dating is, can he be independent from his parents? Can he live and survive and make it in his this life on his own? Not saying the parents shouldn't be there. Not saying the parents shouldn't help. I believe in that. If the parents can, they can. But what I'm saying is, is can a guy emotionally leave his parents and join to a wife and become one with her? 
Can a man, can that special guy lose his individuality and become one with that special girl and take her to be his bride? If you can't do that, you're probably not going to get a sign. The sign you need is what's written right there in the Bible. If you're not ready to do that, don't do it. Believe me. I think another question, and there's a lot of them. I'm just going to give you two here. The second one is, is this person in church? It's very simple, but you wouldn't believe how many people complicate this. Now, we believe that um, all marriage is sacred. Marriage is honorable among all, the Bible says. Meaning, you know, let's say a person of a different religion comes to the Christian religion and, uh, you know, they got married in their former religion. I believe that their marriage is still sanctified. You know, let's say a couple got married in a Buddhist wedding and they convert to Christianity. I don't think they have to re-say their vows. Their vows worked even in a Buddhist temple. They vowed their lives and God honored that and sanctified that. But if you're living for God and you want to get married, that person needs to be living for the Lord. They need to be in church. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 39, you need to marry, but marry in the Lord. Marry in the Lord. And I think a good question to ask ourselves when we're dating somebody is, how are you doing spiritually since you started dating that person? Do you feel pulled down or do you feel like you're doing better? I think those are good questions, good verses to start with, and hopefully that blesses you. Let me say to you guys, let's see, there's a girl out there that you really like. This is what you do. Figure out who her dad is. Go and ask your da- her dad and say, I would like to take your daughter out on a date, and your blessing to do so would mean everything to me. Start there and be ready to answer questions. He may want to know a few things about you. If he truly loves his daughter, he's going to check you out. After that, if you get the dad's blessing, go to her pastor. Go to her pastor and ask for his blessing. And then if you feel it, if you think it's necessary, figure out who her best girlfriend is. And go to her and say, I know you're good friends. And I'd like to know if it's okay to take your friend out on a date. If you can get the green light from those three sources she is probably going to say yes to a date. If she's got any spiritual sense, she is going to say yes. I believe in the principle also, you attract what you are. You attract what you are. If you're not in a good place, you're probably not going to attract a person in a good place. If you are in a good place, you're living for the Lord, things are going good for you, that's probably the person you're going to attract. So put yourself on a 1 to 10 scale. If you're a 6, you should attract a six. Find somebody that's compatible with you. You know the old joke. Somebody will go up to a guy and say, wow, you married up. You know, I think I don't really find that funny. I don't really find that funny. That means that the girl had to marry down. Do you really want to make a girl think that she married down? I don't think so. I think if you're going to become one flesh, you're going to leave your parents, leave your own individuality, become one with that person. You need to marry the person that you deserve. Now let's get to the God signs, the God signal aspects of finding a future husband or a future wife. You take a look at Adam and Eve, one of my personal favorite marriages in all of the Bible. 
They were married hundreds of years, and their marriage survived the sin, the downfall, the death of a child, and so many other adversities, so many other obstacles, but they stuck it out, kept their vows, and remained faithful. And it's a wonderful, wonderful marriage to take a look at and apply it to your own life. You take a look at Adam. He's the only man in the world. And God says, Adam, I want you to name all of the animals. And Adam does that. After naming all of those animals, God says to Adam, now I want you to go to sleep. And while he's asleep, he takes a rib out of his side and forms a wife for him and brings brings her to him. Can I say that principle I think still applies today? For guys that are looking for that special girl, I think there are things that you must do for God before he will ever bring you that special girl. You have to do what he says to do. You have to work. You have to learn to become employable. There are certain assignments you have got to do to prove yourself worthy and ready to care for a wife. And then you got to learn to lay down, rest, and just trust in God. And if you will do that, God will give you a bride that will absolutely blow your mind. Uh, Can God give you a dream regarding your spouse? Yes, he can. You take a look at Joseph and Mary. Joseph is uh, uh, engaged to Mary, but uh, he became fearful of uh, going into marriage with her, was going to put her away privately. The Bible says in Matthew 1 that the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph and said to him, Do not be afraid to take Mary to be your wife. So yes, I believe the Lord can give dreams. He certainly can. But there are guys out there that are creeps, to be honest with you, that use that to try to emotionally manipulate a girl into dating them. God hasn't spoke to them. God hasn't given them a sign. God hasn't given them a signal. Their life is just a disaster, and they're trying to make it spiritual just to manipulate your emotions. Watch out for that. Your parents will know when that's going on. Your friends will know when that's going on. And your pastor will know when that's going on. It's easy to spot those guys. Pray for them, but stay away from them. God bless them. But I tell you, uh, another great biblical example is uh, Abraham's servant, Eliezer. He is sent to go and find a bride for Abraham's son, Isaac. And Eliezer asks God for a sign. He says, whenever I go to the well, whatever maid gives me a drink and then offers to give my camels a drink, that'll be the sign that I'm looking for, that this is the one. And Rebecca comes out and fulfills that sign. And can I tell you this, guys? That's a good place to start. Any girl who helps you, any girl who is a blessing to you, any girl who adds value to you, that's usually a good sign to start with. Uh, Those are great signals from the Lord. And if you ask God to give you one concerning that certain person, if they are to be your future, I believe if you do it with faith, you do it humbly, you do it sincerely, you're in a good place, chances are God is going to give you the sign that you need, that she is that right girl, that he is that right guy, and that your marriage will be blessed. I graduated from Bible college in the early 2000s, and I came home single. And let me tell you what, that was very discouraging. I don't know what it was. It was like for most people, a guy goes to Bible college not to learn to be a minister, not to learn to study, not to learn to get consecrated before the Lord and prepare his heart to be a a minister for him, but rather you go there to find a wife. And thank God for people that have found it in Bible college. 
But for whatever reason, I didn't. I didn't. It just wasn't my time. But that really discouraged me. And I'll never forget, I'd been uh, back home serving in the church, everybody putting all kinds of pressure on me uh, to get married, to figure life out. You know, life is passing you by, Justin. You got to get married, you know, and settle down. And I'm like, I'm trying here. And I'll never forget kneeling down at the altar, praying, pouring my heart out to the Lord. And I asked the Lord, why am I not married? Why am I not married? And the Lord spoke to me. Let me tell you something about the voice of the Lord. It is real. It is absolutely real. And the voice of the Lord came to me in the audible thoughts of my mind and said, you will see your wife next year. You will see your wife next year. It was not audible in my ears, but it was audible in the thoughts of my mind. Right now, wherever you're listening to this, I want you right now to say your name in your brain. Go ahead and say your name, your first and last name. Did you hear it? You, with your own voice, had audible thoughts and said your name. Now imagine another voice doing the same thing. That is usually how the words of the Lord come. It's through audible thoughts. So God said to me, this coming year, you are going to see your wife. Well, that next year came. Can I tell you that I was trying to meet every girl that I possibly could. I went on as many dates as I possibly could. I was going to every Pentecostal convention that I possibly could because I had a word from God that I am going to see my wife that year. The last event I was going to go to was General Conference. It was in Columbus, Ohio. And I went there saying, this is it. This is probably my last opportunity to see my future wife. I was sitting there in the lobby with a lot of my friends and uh, was having a nice time. All of a sudden, one of my buddies got up and walked across the uh, lobby, and he went over and talked to a group of girls. And I remember looking over my shoulder and saying, my goodness, that one girl that he is talking to sure is attractive. I wonder who she is. My friend finished the conversation, came back to where we were all sitting, and I said, who is that blonde girl there? And he said, oh, relax, man. It's just a friend from back home. I said, she sure is attractive. But I didn't get up. I did not go and introduce myself. I just saw her and just kept talking to the friends that I was with. Well, that year ended. And I remember on New Year's Day, sitting up in bed and thinking to myself, I thought God said that I would see my wife this year. I really did. I even wrote it down in my journal. I re-looked at the word from God. But during that year, I met a lot of girls and I wasn't married. I wasn't engaged, let alone I was not even dating. I thought I had completely missed God. That next year after that was a dark year for me, a very trying year for me. But the next year came, and I'll never forget... I was in a friend's wedding. 
a friend's wedding. Can I tell you guys, a wedding is a great place to find a date. Because all of the girls that are there just saw their friend get married. Believe me, they're going to be ready for a man to come by and say, hello, how you doing? But can I tell you, I was really discouraged at that wedding with the whole dating scene. Very, very discouraged. But uh, a friend of mine said, I've got a mutual friend that I would like for you to meet. Her name is Anna. And so after the wedding, at the reception, I went up to Anna, shook her hand, and met her. And I will never forget that handshake and that eye contact and just that quick hello, it's so nice to meet you, and just that little bit of small talk. I then uh, went into the reception, sat at my table. She sat at her table. And I didn't talk to her for the rest of the reception. But in the back of my mind, I kept thinking to myself, I should probably talk to her more. The reception ended. It was time for everybody to go home. I packed up my bags, went down to the hotel lobby, went to the valet parking lot, asked them for my car, and they said, Mr. Gleason will pull your car right up. Ten minutes went by, no car. I went up to the front desk and said, excuse me, where is my car? And they said, oh, uh, we're, still, uh, we're still trying to find it. And I said, find it? They said, yes, we're really busy. We'll find it and bring it here in just a minute. I said, okay. Twenty minutes go by. I go back and said, where's my car? They said, um, I'm, ha- I'm sorry, sir, we're having a hard time locating it. I said, locating it? Is it stolen? Do I need to call the cops? And they said, oh, no, our garage is very secure. We have security cameras, and plus we have your key. Nobody took your car. And I said, okay. So it had been 20 minutes, and I'm still waiting on my car. So I sat down, and I looked up, and all of a sudden, I saw a group of people come into the hotel lobby, and guess who was a part of that group? This really nice girl named Anna. And I thought, I should probably go over there and talk to her. I waited another 10 minutes, went up to see if my car was there, and the valet said, no, your car is not here. And I thought, this is unbelievable. So I went over to that group, sat down by Anna, and began to talk to her. We talked for almost an hour. It took that valet almost two hours to find my car. When I finally got my car, I drove home. And the whole time I'm thinking, what are the odds that that valet lost my car for almost two hours? They lost it just to give me enough time to get up the courage, to get the guts, to go over and talk to this very nice apostolic lady. What are the odds? Can I tell you the Lord was moving? And the Lord said that was your sign and your signal that there is something really special about this girl. So we started dating. After about three or four months into talking, I finally had to, you know, have the serious talk with her. And I had to tell her, you know, Anna, I don't know exactly what is going on in my life. I don't know what my future holds. I don't really know exactly what the Lord intends to do. Can I tell you, in that moment, in that season in my life, I was really tempted to get out of the ministry. I was tempted to go and do something else, and I began to talk to her about that. And Anna, 
my girlfriend at the time, she said, you know what, Justin, no. You're meant to be a preacher. You're meant to be a teacher of the word. She affirmed me, helped me see clearly what the will of God was in my life, and I will never forget that. And it was in that moment in that time that I really began to see the will of God and the truth for my life and the direction that the Lord had for me. Anna pulled me back to reality, and I will never forget that. And there have been many times that she has done that. She is a voice of wisdom for me. And whenever she said that to me, pulled me back to reality and who I am in the Lord and his call on my life, all of a sudden, light bulbs began to flash. All of a sudden, memories came back to me. And I remembered the word of the Lord. God said, nearly two years before that, that you will see your wife next year. You will see your wife next year. And I thought about all the girls that I met, all of the girls that I took out on dates. Anna was not one of them. But can I tell you, my mind went back to General Conference in that hotel lobby. The one and only girl that entire year that I found to be attractive that I did not meet was a blonde girl about 30 yards away from me. So I thought, could it possibly be that Anna, the girl that I've been talking to now for three or four months, was that girl? I'd forgotten all about it. And I thought, you know what? This is the sign. This is my fleece. And I said, Anna, were you at General Conference just a few years ago in Columbus, Ohio? And she said, yeah. That was the first one I went to, the only one I've been to. And I said, were you at such and such a hotel on the last night in the lobby and did such and such a guy get up from the table he was at with a bunch of people and come walking through the crowd, all those people, and come and talk to you? And she said, yes. And she went, oh, my word. I remember seeing you through all of those people. She even described what I was wearing. And I described what she was wearing. And I said to her, Anna, you got to know something. God gave me a sign. He said that I would see my wife that year. And you are the only girl that I only saw and did not meet. God specifically gave me the words and gave me the experience. And I believe that you and I are meant to be husband and wife. Now, I didn't propose right there. I didn't even say I loved you yet. We weren't ready for that. But that was the signal and the sign. From the valet not finding my car, to me only seeing her, not meeting her that year, to so many other things, God supernaturally, by natural ways, revealed to me that Anna was to be my bride. And we did have a wedding. We did get married. And we're about to celebrate 10 years of marriage this year. Can I tell you all of my stresses, all of my worries, when I finally put them in the hands of the Lord and I finally learned to trust Him, the signs and the signals came. 
and the Lord gave me a beautiful, wonderful, apostolic, godly wife. So I ask you, what signs and signals have you seen from the Lord in your current relationship? You need to be able to pinpoint them. You need to search the Word of God. You need to pray. You need to search deep what the Spirit of God is doing in that situation. Can I tell you, before all of the major things of the Bible, before the covenants that God gave to Abraham, gave to Moses, the conquest of Canaan through Joshua and Israel, through David the king, the Psalms, the prophets, even before Jesus came, all of that, before all of that, there was a wedding and a marriage in the early parts of Genesis. Before Jesus healed blinded eyes, before he opened deaf ears, before he raised the dead, before he walked on the water, before he died on the cross, before all of that, his first miracle was at a wedding. And then you read in those last few chapters of the Bible, what's there? It's a wedding. It's a marriage. Dating, engagement, wedding planning, the wedding, and then after a wedding, there's a marriage. All of that is important to the will of God. Search what God is saying. We'll be back in just a minute with some listener comments. Don't go anywhere. I want to respond to some of our spirit signal with Justin Gleason listener comments. Lights on a Hill says, I fleeced God and got my husband. She said, literally, this was his only second service. And in that service, we had a huge baptism. 20 plus people were baptized. Someone asked this man if he was going to get baptized, and he said no. He had no intentions. It was at that moment that I asked God, God, if this is the guy you want me to be with, he will be baptized. And he was. Rachel Lavender says, while dating my boyfriend Travis... I often fleeced and asked God very direct questions concerning the direction of our relationship. I never told him my conversations with God, yet God always used Travis to answer my questions. Wow. How about that? Lights on a hill. Says if that man gets baptized, I'll know that's the sign. He's the one. He wasn't going to get baptized. Had no baptism clothes, no intentions, but the Lord moved on his heart in that moment. You need to repent and be baptized in Jesus' name for the remission of your sins, and that was her sign. Rachel's asking God questions, and God is answering those questions through her boyfriend. Those are the signs you need. Several ladies were kind enough to respond with some tips of some things that the single guys can say. To that special girl this Valentine's Day, Jennifer Walker says, Actions speak louder than words. Don't just tell her, show her. Show her that you really like her. I guess buy her her favorite coffee. Caitlin Talbot says, Say to her, hey, here's your fried chicken and your mashed potatoes and gravy. I like that. 
You know, there's a lot of girls out there that are really serious about food. You know, I took Anna out for a very nice steak dinner. I guess it was kind of the test I put on her. Could she eat a steak on her first date? And let me tell you, she did. And you know, guys, that's actually a really good uh, strategy in asking a girl out on a date. Don't make it all about you. Don't make it all about her. Make it all about the food. Make it all about the restaurant. Make it all about the date. And chances are, chances are she's going to say yes. Kayla Bolin says that my husband said, hey, I was reading the book of Numbers, referencing the Bible, the book of Numbers, and I realized that I don't have yours. <laughs> you know, I, I suppose that's cheesy, but let me just tell you, I don't think it's really easy for a girl to say no when she's laughing. If you're trying to ask her out and you get her laughing, it's very difficult to say no. Chances are she's probably going to say yes. Marissa Badger, my sister. Hi, Rissy. She recommends get to know the love languages. Figure out her love language. If it's gifts, maybe try to find or buy her favorite purse that is out of stock. If it's quality time, I would advise maybe uh, invite her to go watch airplanes fly and land at the airport. That's really fun. That's good quality time. Touch. Uh, don't recommend hugs. Don't do that. Kind of weird. Perhaps a good handshake. Maybe some good eye contact. Good way to get a date with just that way in the apostolic community. Words of affirmation. Can I tell you, if you can figure out ways to compliment her personality, that will be very sweet, very special to her. Compliment her personality. And then acts of service. This is what I recommend. How about you wash her car? Wash her car. Detail it. Maybe clean her phone. Clean her computer. Fix something for her. Do something special. Laura Weisgerber recommends find out what she likes to do and then do it with her. This is coming from the Laura that cut her wedding cake with a sword. Uh, kind of what I'm taking from this comment is, if guys, if you like the girl, do some homework about her. You know, it, this, is, this is a good idea. Go to her friends and don't ask them, hey, do you think such and such would go out with me? Don't do that. Not a good idea. How about instead just start casually asking questions about her to her friends? What does she like? What does she do? You don't have to express you're interested in her. You don't have to express that you want to take her out this Valentine's Day. Just ask her what she is into. Chances are people love to talk about their friends, especially girls. You'll figure it out naturally, and you'll be able to form a good plan and take her out on a date. But hopefully, word will get back to her that, hey, this guy was asking about you. And then she's going to be intrigued. Now, what about Sadie Hawkins? I like Sadie Hawkins. I believe in Sadie Hawkins. Sometimes it's nice to take the pressure off the guy. And I read about a story this morning at a Christian college nearby here. There is an upcoming event, an upcoming social event, a banquet at this Christian college. And Sadie Hawkins' rules apply. And this girl called up a guy, and this girl said to him, Help me. I've just been in a car wreck. I need your help. Please, please, will you come help me? And the guy said, yeah, I'll be right there. Where are you at? She told him. He went and got a few of his guy friends to go and help her out, thinking maybe I've got to change a few tires. I don't know, help her start her car, do something. He didn't know. 
So he drove out there with all his friends, and when he pulled up, there's the girl. There's her car. No accident. Everything is fine with the car. And she is standing there with a sign, and it says, Hey, if you don't go to the banquet with me, I am going to be a wreck. (laughs) And of course, the guy said yes. I love that. That's special. And to that guy and girl, you know who you are, and I know who you are, and I like it. Hearing that just made this Valentine's Day all the more special to me. You two have a great date at that banquet together. That's all for today. God bless you. Have an amazing Valentine's Day. It's hard to have Valentine's hate when you have a nice apostolic Valentine's Day. Podcasting is the future, and I hope I have a future in it. Please consider subscribing, sharing, and leaving a comment. We're taking the genre of religion and spirituality to another level.